Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast. The podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levers. I'm Rashan. You can call me Shan. I'm Livs. This week on the podcast, we are playing We're Not Really Strangers. Okay, so welcome back to another episode, guys. Um, we want to say we hope that you are well. We hope that you're staying safe and staying indoors. Um, it may not be the most interesting time, but we're doing it for everyone else around us. <laughs> you have us. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I stopped doing that. It's actually really rude. No, it's fine. I don't mind. I'm kind of used to it by now. I'm sure they are as well. Um, so we are going to play We Are Not Really Strangers, which is a card game um, created by an American artist called Kareem. And um, basically the idea is that you create meaningful connections by asking real questions, um, real questions that delve into your past or your relationships or your fears or your dreams, et cetera, et cetera. So there are a couple of different rounds and as the rounds go on, the questions get deeper. As a side note, at any point during any of the questions or any of the rounds, you can ask the person you're playing with or one of the people you're playing with to dig deeper, which means just tell us more. We want more, we want the juice, we want the tea, we want the milk. <laughs> so let's start with level one. <laughs> get ready, baby. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> this is so nervous. It sounds like trauma all over. <laughs> it's worse than I what just... you never have I ever, or what's the weirdest place you've ever had sex? Like this to me is, yeah, it's intense. So let's go. Level one is called perception. We all make assumptions about each other, but how often do we put these to the test? Okay. How are you really? Leanne, I'm going to start with you. How are okay. you really? First. Um, I'm okay. I think the surface answer is that I, well, we were just talking about this is that I'm really kind of, uh, longing for physical interaction. I feel like during this time, not necessarily sex, although that would be nice too. Um, but just kind of, (laughs) just kind of, I was saying to my housemate Kemi earlier today, like, I don't think I've hugged anybody in weeks and you kind of forget how, um, important physical touches just in terms of a handshake or a hug or a pat on the back. And so I think that's what I'm struggling with most at the moment. But in general, I'm doing okay. I think, you know, I'm kind of going with the flow and just taking things as they come along, trying not to worry about things that I have no no control over. So, yeah. Rashad, how are you really? Um, I'm good. I think this week I've been good. Um, yeah, I'm like better than floating. Not ecstatic, but I'm better than floating. So I'm in a good place. I would say, yeah. I just miss I just miss being around like my siblings and stuff because I'm always with them a lot. And they're not really when I FaceTime them, they seem to have other things to do, which is quite rude. Um, <laughs> what else could so they I'm, be doing? I'm missing that. Stage? You know, like cooking, baking, okay, playing games. Just living their lives somehow. <laughs> so you're staying with your nan and your with your grandparents, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So and they're so you haven't seen them in how long now? Um, 
Well, I've been in isolation since I came back from Amsterdam. So three weeks, which is long. Cause I see yeah. them all the time. And even like my sister, I've got a sister who lives in like North London and I'm obviously in South. I don't see her as often, but I still see her often enough. Right now it's just like, when am I going to see her? We just, we just do um, like Snapchats to each other, which I guess is cute, but it's not the same. Mm. No, Have you been doing those like Zoom wine dates with your friends? Um, <laughs> well, I've done it on like house party um, where we've been on it for a few of us. But I, but like, I kind of, in a weird way, I kind of prefer just talking to the strangers on there because I feel like when I'm with my friends, then I'm more minded that like I'm not actually seeing them. Whereas mm-hmm. when I'm talking to strangers, it's just like, oh, strangers bonding. Ooh, ah, scary. <laughs> Wait, pause. You're the first person I've spoken to who actually actively enjoys the fact that you can talk to strangers on house parties. So, like, wait, take it's me through that. Are you lo- wait, so is this people who, like, say one friend randomly has on Snapchat but forgot about, just joins the conversation, and it's just like, hey, who are you? How are you feeling? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't do that. I'm not the Like, chat one. roulette. No, I don't, do, <laughs> no, I don't do that. I don't do that. But if I'm in a chat with my friends and their friends join in, I will make as much conversation with them as I would with my friends or if that was my friend. And then like similarly yesterday, I was a bit bored and I accidentally, I'm still getting used to the app, but I like swiped to the left. So it put me into a conversation with someone and it was just like, just like kind of, I think he was white. There's like white guy called Dylan, shout out him. <laughs> and then like, I ended up talking to him for a bit, like for a decent while, it turned out upon the same area. And then like Aww. some weird girl jumped in. So she must be like me, but a weird one. She like came in and was just staring at us, and I was, and she was like, "Ooh, this is awkward." And I was like, okay. "It's awkward when you made it awkward." Was, you know what I mean? And she was like, "I was like, why is it awkward?" And she was like, "You know, a boy and girl talking alone." And I was like, "Well, the room was not locked, so it's not awkward." But I'm not clocking the place. I'm like, "Oh, is this your boyfriend?" And she's like, "No, no, 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 no." And I'm like, "To him, do you know her?" And she's he's like, "No." And I'm like. So why have you come in the room and made it awkward? And I was like, this is so weird. I'm gone. But beyond that example, they've all been really, really good. And like, I've got a friend called Ed on there. Shout out him. Who I absolutely love. And he talks every day. <laughs> no, like me and Ed talk every day. Oh, That's hilarious. So how are you? How really? am I? Um, really? I'm okay. Um, I definitely was struggling last week. Because mm. it was just like felt I was getting very overwhelmed with the news and just like conflicting information and mm. kind of everything kind of coming at you at once. It's like it felt like the world. I think things have calmed down a little bit, but last mm. week it felt like the world revolved around COVID. Like there was no other news. Like nothing else mm. mattered. Nothing else. It's like what did we talk about before this happened? Yeah. Um, and especially working in the media, it's kind of, you can't really escape that. Um, but I think I've got into a bit more of a routine now. Like I do my working hours and then I'll go for like my daily walk and I'm kind of, I'm getting a bit more used to it. I mean, I'm still like fucking bored. Like that's how I am. I'm bored. Like I'm just bored. Like, <laughs> like I want to go, <laughs> go out and just like, you like it's making me definitely um not take for granted all the things that you can just do with your day in a normal scenario um mm. but i'm doing all right i'm doing all right yeah mainly bored but i'm i'm okay i also i deleted instagram which actually is really helpful for the app um, or your account my account really you temporarily deleted it you mean no no, no like or you goodbye. just all together <laughs> oh shit okay had a kind of love-hate relationship with Instagram for a long time. I think that it can be quite a toxic place. And this is something I think we talked about before. But mm. I think I just kind of thought, you know what? If I'm actually going to be stuck indoors for the next like month, possibly two, I really need to think about what I spend my time on and how I spend my time. And I don't miss it like at all. So, yeah, I'm doing okay. Right, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, that was just a taster, guys. That was just a taster. Okay, what was your first impression of me? Ooh, who should we talk about first? 
Well, you and Lives have known each other. The, Shannon and Lives have known each other the longest. Why is it on to me? <laughs> You've known each other the longest, so maybe we should go in chronological order. Is it really? <laughs> Lives, you start. I'm the youngest child here. Thank you. Um, remember when we first met? Yeah, I do. Oh, so cute. So I found out that I'd been accepted on a work attachment and that me and Rochelle were going to be teammates and we were going to work on this project, pretty much just the two of us. Um, so we arranged to uh, meet up and get a cup of tea, even though Rochelle don't drink tea. But we arranged <laughs> to meet up. <laughs> we arranged to meet up just so we could like just see each other before I actually began working with her. Um, and I thought she was quiet. I thought she was shy. Um, but like now that I know Roshan better, I think she's just one of those people who like she doesn't open up to everyone. Mm. So you get to know her is when you get like the bubbly fun side. Um, I think that's a good observation, by the way. Yeah, I think at a first glance, people would say you're an introvert, but I think that's only what you're like around people you don't know. Mm. Or so, don't yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was my first impression. The first time I met Leanne is the like first time we started recording, which is so funny because like we didn't warm up, we were just like, hello, here's a microphone, bam. <laughs> like <laughs> we just went straight into it and we were like, let's talk about sex. <laughs> oh my god, that's true. I mean we had met once briefly before, but very like quickly. That was the first time we properly hung out in the same space. Yeah, so funny. Um, and what were my first impressions? I mean, I think you're the first person I met who actually has a Jamaican accent. So there was that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I know Jamaicans, but none of them have a Jamaican accent. So I think that was the part that obviously was the most intriguing. I think intelligence is probably the thing that struck me first. And even to this day, sometimes you'll use words or you'll say things and you'll be like, bruh, I'll just be like sitting there amazed at your vocabulary because oh, I don't have it, boo. But yeah, I think intelligence was the first impression I had of you. Okay. I'll take that. What's so funny is that um, I say intelligence, but like obviously the first time we had a proper conversation was about sex. I'm like, oh yeah, she's a, she's a well-rounded individual, honey. She got it all going on. <laughs> Multifaceted, bitch. <laughs> Multifaceted, girl. <laughs> so yeah, those are my first impressions of you two. That's hilarious. Um, so the first time I ever met, well, I met Shan first. Um, although no, I met both of you kind of at the same time. So Shan and I had met remotely, so we were messaging and kind of chatting back and forth. But when we first, when Marvin first put up together, put us together, shout out to Dope Black Dads. Um, you were about to go on holiday, right? Yeah. And so and I was, I was just saying, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there was just lots of stuff going on. You were literally in the middle of moving. Like there was just like, your life was in a complete like. Chaos. Yeah. So I was like, God, this girl has so much drama. What's going on? Like, I don't even meet her yet. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Like, what am I getting myself into? And then I met both of you at the same time. So I guess I can just give you both of my impressions at the same time. And both of you are, it's funny that you said, Lives, that when you first met Roshan, that she was really quiet because I got the complete opposite impression. Like when, and maybe it's because I met both of you together and you were feeding off of each other's energy, but both of you were like super, super effervescent. And was also drinking, was also drinking, a bit different. Oh yes, that's true. We were drinking. Yeah, we all were drinking. That's very true. Yeah, so I think that's probably my first impression of both of you, actually, was just like, oh, these girls are mad cool. It's not yeah. as, cool as I thought it was going to be. Because obviously when you meet new people that you have to work with, it's ne- you never really know how it's going to turn out. And I was just like, okay, I think I just had a sigh of relief to say, oh, it's going to be okay. So yeah, that was probably my first impression of both of you. Just like super bubbly, super friendly. This is going to work. And it has. Aww. Aww. Love that. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting actually. Because I think how Liv described me is like how I view myself with that whole like, people might think, like I genuinely believe I'm introverted. 
But if you, the people that are close to me, they find that hard to understand because mm-hmm. I don't need to be like that around them. Does that make sense? But like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll have friends. In fact, Liz, you've experienced this before. I'll, I'll be around friends and I'll just be mad silent and they'll think I'm in a mood or something's wrong. But I must, ex- I must be an introvert at that period of time. I must be in like normal yeah. friends. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that's interesting. But going back to the question, um, so similarly with you, Liv, I, what I thought of you was very different to how you were. So I thought I thought you was older than you was, and I thought you were um, quite serious. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you was quite serious, and I was definitely aware there was a class difference when we met. It's a little tea. Um, but I could tell, I could tell straight away though that you really, obviously we met in a, um, like a work environment, but I could definitely tell that you really knew your shit and that you was really, really passionate about your job. So I guess it's Aww. different you know, meeting someone in a work thing, but I remember leaving that and feeling like, this girl's going to make me work also, like, <laughs> But also like, this is going to be such a good like learning experience for both of us because it was clear when we had both spoken that we both had different skill sets that complemented each other. So it was like we're both gonna come into this and like learn and just grow and make sick content. So that was that's how it was with you. And then with Leanne, the first time we met, as you said, was like online, where we was randomly phoned and said, What's up, dude? And given the responsibility of like launching <laughs> and running so black women. And I'm just gonna go based off the WhatsApp conversation that we had. But I just thought you were super cool and really easy to get along with. And I thought, I think at the time, as you said, I had 101 things that I had to deal with. And that really wasn't the time for me to be starting something like this at all. But it was just like really reassuring how um, understanding you was of like what that had stuff going on. Because it literally was in the middle of chaos. And I remember like you leaving all the chats in the WhatsApp group and you just like taking on all the admin stuff that we had to do at the start and just taking it like, on your own accord and not being a problem and me not having to feel guilty for it and it's like i think that that was a really good experience of like building the foundation of our friendship because it was just like we became a team like instantaneously yeah. do you know what i mean it wasn't like oh we met because we spoke on whatsapp for a, quite a while a long time yeah. meeting, like three months so it was like we automatically became a team and then when we met it was just like oh this is just a teammate that i've never seen it's you true I mean? it just slid into it yeah you're right okay oh aren't we all sweet <laughs> okay, let's get some drama. <laughs> this is the Dope Black Women podcast. So level two is called Connection and it is all about building connection and revealing stuff we may not know about each other. And the first question is, what is the last thing you lied about and to who? <laughs> oh my goodness. Shad, you want to go first? You want to go first, Shad? I mean, I'm an advocate for telling them the truth. And I don't really like often. I just won't respond, you know, I'm just going silent. So this isn't really so much lying, but it's more misleading. And it's a very mm-hmm. trashy situation to be in, but we move, we learn. But um basically I was really being like quite intimate with somebody, not sex, because I'm obviously celibate. But I was being quite intimate with someone. It was like a nice intimate moment, like a film when their nose is touching, they're about to kiss you know, those sort of moments like Mm-mm. It's all nice and steamy. I just felt right at that time to tell the person that I love them. Oh, but obviously yeah. I don't. And then they said, it, but it, this person has said it to me before, like quite a few times. Like, uh, a tonic sort of way, like, are you in friend love? Um, no, bitch. I definitely have love for them. I definitely have love for them, but that wasn't the point. The issue was why it's misleading is because they were like, do you really though? And I'm all in the mood, like, yeah, I do. I love you. Oh, no. Oh, no. But like, I don't, I'm not in love with them. <laughs> I just got a lot of love for them. And I felt really shitty for creating those blurred lines. But then like the next time I saw them, I um the next time I saw them, he said it again and I, and I went back to ignoring him again. And then like later on in the conversation I explained like I don't I'm not in love with you, I have love for you. <laughs> you tell the truth. In the end. What about you guys? Um Mm-mm, you look scared. What I'm trying to think what was the last time I lied about something? Um I don't know actually. I've I've been trying really hard not to lie about anything, particularly since like the beginning of this year, even if it's something that is like small and minute. Um so the last time I lied to someone 
I think somebody who was interested in dating me might have asked me if I was seeing anybody. No, mm -hmm. but I'm not seeing anybody. That's not a lie. <laughs> um I can't actually think of the last time I lied to somebody. Okay, the last time I've lied was more of an omission of the truth rather than a flat out lie. Um so I think I told you guys that I fell in love in the space of like a week, a few months ago. Um Yeah. Yes. Um and so yeah, met this guy, spent like three days dating him consecutively. We spent literally maybe, I don't know, for if we, there are 72 hours in a, in three days, I think we spent like 70 hours together. Really romantic, whirlwind kind of thing. And then he, mm. left, he moved away. Um, and I've been like soldiering it out and pretending like I don't care, but actually I'm kind of sad. And so when he asked me about it, I was like, yeah, it's fine, no big deal. You do what you have to do. I'm going about my business, but secretly I was like, no, come back. So that's probably the last time I lied, which I don't know if that's a, really counts as a lie. It was more me uh, using, uh, covering my own emotions as a means of like protective mechanism kind of thing. Defense mm -mm -mm. lives. What liar you? lives, go for it. Wow, liar lives, yeah, you're so rude. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie, nothing really comes to mind. Nothing like I feel like I'm quite a truthful person. Yeah. Sorry to be boring, but never mind, that's question. You no, know, I feel like when you live a transparent life, it's really difficult to find something that you lie about because you don't have secrets generally. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. So like even Shanghai yeah. is just like it's a lie in the moment. It's not a lie that she'll have to carry on. And she's obviously already rectified it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm okay, sure you cool. do anyway, you know. The moment you was do hot. Down. <laughs> okay. What's the most pain you've been in that wasn't physical? Oh, Jesus. God, trauma. <laughs> Shit. Trauma. <laughs> Shit then. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going first? Okay. You, the yeah. trauma. No, you. Oh, yeah. Me. Um the last, the most painful thing I've ever experienced, God, this is going to be sad, but it's just the truth. I'm going to be honest. Um, so my mom did not have a funeral. She didn't want one. Um, mm -hmm. And so we had like a private, she was also cremated. I think we've discussed this before. Um, and I, we, the three of us, my siblings and I went to go and see her, you know, they dressed her and we had like a private viewing before we left before she was cremated. Um, and I subsequently left the country not long after. Um, and seeing her was probably the most difficult thing that I have, mm -hmm. one of the most difficult things I've ever done. And probably the most like, it was so painful emotionally that it felt physically painful. Like I think I took sleeping pills mm -hmm. and went to bed. Like my brother had to literally pull me off of her because I just like that. I recognized in that moment that it was the last time I was ever going to see her ever again. And it just, yeah, it was incredibly painful. So that's probably my most, uh, the most pain I've ever um. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I can still physically, I can still visualize what it was, what she was wearing, what she looked like. And obviously my dad had a funeral and it was the same. So I got to see him and cause he had an open casket. So it was the same, but for some reason with my mom, I think because we were so close and we spoke every day and we saw each other so often and we we're kind of like physically so connected that recognizing that this was the last time I was going to physically see her just was, yeah, it was hard. Oh, sweet pie. I know, sad times, but- I um, feel like that makes my pain <laughs> like <laughs> so dumb and stupid. Maybe we should have gone first. When you hear mine, I feel like we should skip over mine. <laughs> no, everybody has to be honest. Everybody's pain is painful, guys. Nothing compares to like your first heartbreak in a way. Because mm. when that happens for the first time, it's something that you can't really prepare for and it's almost like a rite of passage of life like everyone at some point well most people 
Unless I don't know, you're fucking Beyonce. Or even though even Beyonce. <laughs> but most people get their heart broken at least once in their lifetime. And it's so difficult because you internalize so much and you are just so horrible to yourself, even when you've done mm. nothing wrong. Mm. So I remember like the first time I got broken up with and later found out he had like this girl he was secretly seeing. Um whilst being with me and like I guess decided that he wanted to be with her instead. Um like I just internalized so much and just like, you know, this you, you constantly rehash every moment of the relationship and it's like, mm. did I do something wrong? If maybe if I was like this, maybe if I said that, then this wouldn't have happened. And you just there's so much of a knock on effect in that kind of scenario. Um and yeah that is a, that's definitely a very painful experience and I've had my heart broken more than once but like I think the first time it happens it's just like fuck like you know what I mean yeah mm. what I mean yeah. are we gonna go into what happened I mean like um yeah he just it just like completely ghosted me like it was like one day he just was like stop replying to my set stop replying to my calls and then two weeks later, I saw him and this girl on his Instagram. What? And it was like a rose. And I was like, oh, oh. okay. Like, <laughs> the fuck? You only got to tell yourself, like, I don't even like roses. So, have them, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that definitely, that definitely took a knock on my confidence, for sure. Um, and it takes, yeah, it can take a while to build it back up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think mine's yeah. the same as yours. I was gonna say that mine was probably broken up. Not sorry, not break up with my ex. Being broken up with. <laughs> no. Um. Like I remember at the time thinking that my life was over. I remember saying to him like, "I can't live without you." And obviously it's clear because I'm very much living and living in shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that was time ago. I was a, I was a lot younger, and I definitely, I think I don't I don't regret that happening, and I'm happy that it did happen when it did because I was young, I was at uni. And now it's really changed a lot about my view and outlook towards men, towards dating, towards relationships, towards dependency, towards what it actually means to be an independent woman and stuff like that. So I, I, I don't regret it at all, but my time was definitely coming from that because that felt like my whole world had shattered. Because you know when you're with someone, you like plan your future. I mean, it's not like dating. We're like, yeah, this is me, his boo. And when you're actually with someone, they actually are in your head going to be your husband. Like there, is, there isn't anybody else. You, yeah. you, you, will, you will sit down randomly when you're together and be like, what colours are wedding theme going to be? What, what food would you want? Like, you plan all those things, which of course, things can change but when especially when you're younger because i was like 20 19 20 at the time it feels very very much real and doesn't it doesn't feel like something that could change mm. you know why it's it is like heartbreak feels so heavy i mean i'm not saying i know this is why but it is a loss and in in many ways it's like mourning somebody who ostensibly you'll never see again in the very same way that like you know people who die you never get to see them ever again but you know mm. that person is still alive and you can't see mm. them. It's like you have to eat. The choice has no... When somebody dies, the choice is taken out of your hands as to whether you see them again. But it's like you mm. put in the self-discipline and like the work to not call, to not show up, to not be in their space or to refuse their calls or whatever it is. So in a lot of ways, that's hard. Like, And it takes a long time to get past that especially when you envision that person in your life for the rest of your life you know it's mm -hmm. it's it's a really difficult thing to navigate and it's so easy to end up down a wormhole of like yeah but maybe i should message them or like maybe i should um you know i should do this differently or maybe if i was more like that yeah. and like it's like girl you live in hope. it you wasn't meant hope, to be yeah. and if it yeah. is then it will be but at this moment in time, it's not. And accepting that sometimes is really, really difficult when you've banked on something being there for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. What's the most unexplainable thing that's ever happened to you? God, what's the most unexplainable thing that's ever happened? Oh, I have a story, actually. Um, so I went to Jamaica uh, last year, February, for my brother's wedding. Mm -hmm. And I went out with... Uh, 
couple of friends of mine that were actually that are actually from London. So big up Biggs, shout out Biggs. He's like an older brother to me, even though we're the same age. So anyway, he knows Jamaica really well. So we're in Montego Bay. We went to this party. We get to this party. We're leaving the party now, drunk, all of us, out of our minds. There's like four of us in the car. And we've parked up because Biggs wanted to get like a pack of cigarettes or something like that. And we're, but we're in the middle of the street parked up. And I shit you not, I look out the window, I'm in the back seat, and there is a man dressed mm-hmm. in like leaves just standing in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem as though he's appeared from anywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. okay, this is creeping me out. So then he comes over to the car, Biggs is driving, ah! he comes over to the car and he's talking to us. And he's like, yeah, man, big up yourself. And then all of a sudden, he starts telling us our life story. Like, he says to Biggs, he's like, yo, you have more power than you think you have. You need to do X, Y, Z. You need to start drinking some Moringa tea. Da, 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 da. And he looks over at um, Biggs' cousin, who's in the passenger seat. And he's like, you need to stop arguing with your mother. Your mother loves you. Stop fighting with her. Then he looks at me, gives me like two red seeds or something, and is like, you need to drink this with your tea tomorrow because we want to make sure, say, you go going to get fertile in the next two years and time for you to have a baby and da 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 <laughs> And literally starts telling me about all the things I'm going to do. He told me I was going to move back to Jamaica. He told me that I was going to graduate. Like, literally, how did he know that I was in school? I don't know. Tell the guy beside the guy beside me starts crying because his life story is too traumatic for me to even share in this moment. And at some point in time, we're all looking at each other and saying, "This is so fucking crazy." And the man is at the car. We're talking to each other, and then two seconds later, <laughs> the man is gone, like disappeared. We didn't see him walk away. We didn't see him like wait, pause. What do you mean you didn't see him walk the away? Man the, the man with the leaves. The man with the leaves. What do you mean you didn't see him walk away? I did not. He was literally standing by the car talking to us. And then all of a sudden he wasn't. And anybody else who was in the car <laughs> can vouch for me in this story. <laughs> this is a ghost story. This is a ghost story. <laughs> One duppy thing. You saw a ghost. I've ever experienced in my entire life. Duppy now. Ooh, be frightened. <laughs> <laughs> and he was I feel like there's so much to unpack. Biggs's brother, Biggs's cousin, sorry, did actually have issues with his mom. He was he started crying like the man them in the car were crying. And I wait, was but this in shock. When you say he was wearing leaves, yeah, I'm imagining um a leaf like, man, like a cartoon. <laughs> No, no, I'm imagining like Adam and Eve, but it's just like no, 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 his, his, his private parts are just covered by no, 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 leaves. No, 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 it's yeah, the sky. He's wearing it as a boot <laughs> I just don't understand. No, he had on a time, like his head was wrapped. He had on like a t-shirt and maybe shorts. I couldn't actually tell, but there were leaves attached to him as if they were part of his like camouflage. It was weird. Oh, I thought he was literally just wearing leaves. Oh, like same. Attached to him. And obviously, some of the leaves he subsequently gave us to boil in oh. our tea the next morning, which none of us did. I don't think. I didn't. But yeah, it was it was a crazy experience. What did you do with the beans? Nothing. I left them in the hotel we're in next day. Oh my gosh, you are rude. You have no manners. <laughs> you have no manners. Are you poisonous? Are you out of your mind? I don't know what you're doing. He's giving you a gift. He's, a, he's, a, he's a, a psychic. Giving you a gift. You're just flashing it away. <laughs> All right, you could be a mother by now if you took those beans. You could have a baby. <laughs> well, clearly I haven't been pregnant, so I don't know. That is such a weird story. Fucking hell. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, very yeah. well. <laughs> right, Rashan, do you have one? Because I... Yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's coming with the stories. <laughs> I guess anything, like, supernatural or... Um, do you think the craziest story? Like, what's the craziest experience you've ever had? I don't know. 
I don't have anything that's happened to me. I'm normally the person, like, I don't know. I don't think I have anything. I think when you're saying, like, supernatural, it's mainly that, like, I've always thought that I've had a sixth sense because I predict a lot of things and they normally come true. Cause I'm, mm. I mean, I'm also mad intuitive. So, like, when I was younger, I remember being at a bus stop with two of my friends and I was just, we were just all waiting for the bus and it was just silent. And I randomly was like, when we go to high school, it was in year six, and I was like, when we go to high school, so there was like two friends, let's say one's called uh, Daisy and one's called Grace, yeah? So I've been friends with Daisy for like four years and Grace, friends with Grace for like one year. But me and Daisy are best friends, yeah? Right. So I'm like to them at the bus stop, I'm like, oh, when, she's out of nowhere as well. I feel like this, at this point, I didn't understand that I had this thing that I think I had. But anyway, I was like, I was like to them, oh, um, when we get to high school, Daisy's not going to be my friend anymore. It's going to be all of Grace's fault. And they'll both look at me like, what are you talking about? And I was like, it's going to be all of your fault, Grace. You're going to make everything worse. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who told you to say that? Who told Who you to told say that told me? We, we then get to high school. Fast forward, like, three years. We're in year nine. No, we're in year, no, two years. It was in year eight. And we was all in the netball team, yeah? And Grace and Daisy had this massive argument. And Grace ended up throwing Daisy's shoe down the toilet. But there had been poo in it that hadn't been flushed. And it was like her new ticket that had it. But because I was no. the only person at the scene, it was only me and Grace at the scene when it happened. Daisy burnt my bridge because she's like, you was part of it, you was in on it, why didn't you stop it? And me and her had literally been at this point, like best friends for like six, seven years. And she was just like, can't talk to you anymore, blah, 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 blah. And our friendship has never been the same ever again. That's so sad. Oh, no, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to be her friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. But at the time, it was sad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Wait, are you still friends with, is it Gracie? Oh, Gracie's not alive anymore. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Not to put her down now on the mood, but she's not with us anymore. But, so you and Daisy, are yeah. you like um, we're cool? We're not. There's not beef or anything. Like we've been cool since she, then. Does she remember the conversation from like yeah being yeah. kids? Really? Okay. But this, ha- this happens a lot. This happens a lot. I'm just giving you like the first time it ever happened that I remember. But this happens mm. like a lot. Like a lot. Like I'm like I'm going. If me and my friends are getting ready to go out, this is more on the intuitive side. But if me and my friends are getting mm-hmm. ready to go out, we could be dressed up, like, about to leave the door. If I get a bad feeling, no one's going out. Like, I'm not telling them not to go um, out. If I'm like, oh, I can't go out anymore, I've got a bad feeling, they will trust it and be like, we're not going out. And then, lo and behold, something will happen at that event. Damn. Mad. That's crazy. That is yeah. crazy. What and do you have this? an example? Um, have you seen any ghosts? Ooh, ah. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't seen any ghosts, but do you have like a weird experience, I suppose? Um, mm-hmm. I remember when I was younger, um, my brother, like when I say younger, I mean literally like just above toddler age. Um, my brother was like teaching me how to climb the stairs <laughs> in our house. And I, I remember like having this dream over and over again every single night that I was gonna fall down the stairs. Like I was so terrified that I was gonna like just <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kept having this like dream that I was gonna fall down the stairs. Like I was so terrified that it was gonna happen. And then I remember one day like it like he you know when like someone catches you before something even happens? Like it's like someone knows something is going to happen. Yeah, mm, does that make sense? Like you know, like imagine if you were like to, like jumping, like you almost got hit by a car, but someone stops you. It's like they knew that car was coming. It was like that kind of situation. Mm. Where it's like he knew it was, he knew it was gonna happen before it happened. But yeah, that's like the closest thing that's happened to me in terms of something supernatural or like conspiracy or unexplainable. What do they call mm. that when that happens? It's not called intuition. It's not. It's like you and another person, like your brains are like, I don't, I don't know, I know what you're thinking. There is a word for it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's mad. A guardian angel. Kind of. Mate, kind like, of. 
it's not telepathy either. It's some, there's like a term for people who are like cosmically connected and they just like have each other's energy. And yeah, it's weird. I don't mm. know. It was like that. Cause it was like, he knew he was so two steps ahead of the situation. On that note, do you ever have like friends but like you know you don't have to be with them but you know and they're sad or upset? Um, I don't know if I have that with anybody specifically, but people have definitely called me and been like, Oh, I just got your energy and and I felt like I needed to reach you out do. good time. Yeah. And and they're always right and it's the same person, they're always right, isn't it? Yeah, my girlfriend Christina is big on that. We won't speak. She's one of my best friends. We won't speak for months. And then out of the blue, she'll just call me and she'll be like, and at every single point in my life where I need somebody, like desperately, she just, I mean, she was, yeah, she was in China. And the week that she came back, my parents got sick. And then she was there for 10 months. And she literally left to move to Ecuador the day that my. Oh, is this the one that you tagged for Women's Day? Yeah, exactly. Oh, any so even now she lives in Ireland, and anytime she we won't speak for weeks, and then she'll call me and just be like, I felt like calling you today, I just wanted to check up on you, and I'm just like, Thank God you called, you know. Aww. Yeah, me and my best friend are like that. That's what I was asking because I literally messaged her today, and something just told me to message her a particular message, if that makes sense. Mm. And she messaged me back saying something 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 but she ended up with saying this was so much this was really needed and appreciated i just feel like this happens a lot but only with like particular i only can do it with like two friends mm. do you know what i mean 100 percent. interesting interesting <laughs> right okay what is your most toxic trait that you can admit to lol <laughs> Trauma. Answer. <laughs> I refuse to answer this question. <laughs> Lives, I think you should go first this time. <laughs> what is my toxic trait? <laughs> I mean, uh, definitely overthinking. Oh definitely overthinking. my gosh. Me overthinking, yeah. We're like, so we're like. <laughs> Like the amount of times, yeah, that I've messaged Rochelle, and I'm just like, I just want to check and that, like, everything's cool. <laughs> and <so, laughs> and most of like, the times, I know you're overthinking, and I'll message you first and be like, Liz, yeah. I know you're going to overthink about this. And I'm like, it's here's true. the reasons why. <laughs> she knows. But literally, that's my life. Like, I'll overthink every situation that could be overthought. Like, you know, when sometimes you read a person's text, yeah, and you read it in a tone, you're like, like, and it's like they didn't even mean it that way. You can literally be like, mm. hi, and I'm like, oh, she wrote hi, she wrote hi, but not, I'm not hi, <laughs> like, yeah, me and overthink it's hella toxic. That's I'll cause problems where there are no problems. <laughs> I think many women, we'll let you go. I know I'm like that as well. Like, it, I don't know if it's my worst trait, but it's definitely, I definitely do overthink, and I know many women that do. Mm. What is your worst trait then, honey? God, my worst trait is probably my tempo. Uh, really? Yeah, I have a very... You're angry. Oh my God, I have the nastiest tempo. When I'm upset, I say things that I know will hurt people beyond belief. Like I am one really? of people that punch below the belt. Yeah. Oh and when I was, and it's yeah. a trait that runs in my family. So everybody in my family has this tempo matched with like, <laughs> um, I guess, uh, as you guys pointed out, like a stronghold on the English vocab. Like I <laughs> will go out of my way to tear people to shreds. Oh, um, this is the you coming out. And I will say that, <laughs> well, it's something that I've had to work on for many years. Like, cause I used to have a nasty temper all the time. My brother and sister and I would get into physical fights. The things that I've done to my brother and sister, I just don't even want to repeat, but like my sister almost went blind once as a result of a fight that we had. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. she's smiling saying it, you know, little crazy girl. <laughs> Bad girl stuff. <laughs> no, but we used to get like into it, like proper fist fights, beat the shit out of each other kind of fights, right? Damn, B. And then when I got older and I started to get into relationships, I wasn't physical, but 
there was a point where I, I went back when I was in therapy and I went back to like two of my most significant exes that I thought were like, you know, um, knew me well enough. And I said, what's my work? What was the most difficult thing about being with me as a way of like trying to, you know, navigate what I had done in my most recent relationship. And they were like, yo, your tempo, when you're vexed, you make people feel like they are the worst person on the face of the planet and that they've never done anything good for you. Like anything good Mm -hmm. I've never done for you, (laughs) out the window. And it's true. And it's something that I have to work on and say, no, I only get really angry when it's like a massively big deal. But when it does happen, it's not cute. I feel like that the fact that you've got it under control, though, isn't for a lot. It could be worse. That could be a lot worse because, like, the fact that I've never seen it, I don't think. Isn't it? That, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm, I'm actually really in shock. And You're like really? one of the most chill Zen people I've ever met. Proper. And I feel like, Proper. And like it took a while. So I feel like yeah, but I feel like your most toxic trait is something you do like on the regular, regular. Mm. Maybe it should. Maybe that. Maybe that's the least. Maybe that's a characteristic of yourself that you're least proud of. Yeah. As opposed to it being a toxic trait. Yeah. I mean, I guess if that's the case, then my most toxic trait would be overthinking. If if it's not my mm. For sure. I no. think mine would be definitely be overthinking. But that's not what I thought of. It's only when Liv said it, I was like, oh gosh, how can I miss that off the list? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I think, I think mine would be like the ability to cut people off. Because like once I'm ready to do that, I don't know, there's no announcement, there's no conversation, I'll just be gone. Bye. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like that, mm. that, that, trait, that, that, that can sometimes, huh? Is that a toxic trait? I think that's like self-preservation. Yeah, I'm trying to find the balance between the two. That's <laughs> what I tell myself it is, you know? <laughs> I'm trying to find the balance. But sometimes we move on to people way longer than we need to. And yeah, true. and I think what, also what I do, which is toxic to myself as opposed to anybody else, is I might like, lock someone off and then I feel like oh I didn't give them a chance let me go back I don't, I don't, even, I don't even mean romantically I'm actually talking like platonic friendships mm-hmm. like with women um but mm-hmm. like they'll do something mad or wayward and I'll be like I haven't got time for this right now and just lock it off but then I'll still feel like I'm the person that has to mend it back because I don't like the idea of like seeing someone I've that I've held of high regard or value or close like in a club or an environment and not being able to say hi not, yeah. even, not like not like I used to go and give you a hug, hug and a kiss, but like be someone who I used to be close to and, and it be and not being amicable, to me that feels like a nightmare. So almost so I end up being toxic to myself and that people that I don't need to build amends with, I then go back to and be like, Hey, let's hash this out when actually you seem to stay fucked off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we all got some learning to do. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Dope Black Women podcast. Okay, so level three is called reflection. So we're reflecting a bit on ourselves and our friendships. What is something you need to forgive yourself for, guys? (laughs) Shit, then. (laughs) Mine's definitely going to be trauma. Um... There was a situation that I was in when I was younger that I've always like blamed myself for. And even though now I'm a lot older and a lot more wiser, and I know it wasn't necessarily my fault, I still kind of find it hard to properly shake off that blame for being the problem. Mm. So yeah, that's mine. I'm almost there though. That's like what I was talking about with the um, episode of Vic about wanting to get therapy. So I feel like I've done the most that I can do by myself now. I just need that mm. extra like guidance and support. But I think when it comes to forgiving myself, that's the only thing I'd think of. Is that scenario? Is that the plan is to go to therapy to deal with it further? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've exhausted what I can do by myself. And I feel like even like, you know, uh, the religion episode we did, I spoke a lot about like God and how I feel like he's been used in my life. Like I can only put me getting over the situation down to faith and nothing else. Because before I had the faith, which has only been property for like the last year or two years, it was something I could never shift. Whereas mm-hmm. since I've had faith, it's been like it's been possible. So even like 
evolve from that situation. Whereas before, it like consumed my whole entire life. One day it'll come out on the podcast, but not today. The sun's shining. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, Boo Boo, we'll listen. Thanks, hon. We are definitely um, with you. So, my thing that I have to forgive myself for is something physical, um, which is like scars that I have. Um, so, when I get really stressed out, um, like my eczema flares up and I will scratch my skin and I'll like scratch it until it bleeds. And I've got a couple scars on my arm and on my back. And for ages, I used to think like they were really ugly and uh, um, they just looked really horrible. Like you never see models with scars, but you never see people on television with scars or cuts or anything like that. Um, So I just thought they were really ugly and that I had like, you know, done something stupid to damage and scar my skin. But I think I've learned that, you know, I did it as a way of coping and I need to forgive myself and, you know, you can still be beautiful even if you don't have perfect skin. Mm. Oh, I needed that. Thank you. Oh, it's okay. Love you. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> I think I said this on one of the other episodes. I was just like, because you were talking about kind of body image and, you know, the fact that you um, are quite... Uh, sensitive to that issue and i was like damn i just think that lives is so amazing like she has this banging body like i you know i guess from the outside it's hard for us to see it because we see you and you're dope you can make me cry (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true um god i guess i have to answer this question though what is the thing that I think um, I have a tendency, it's something that Shan said earlier, where you kind of give people chances quite a bit, or you'll, you'll, you know, you'll go back on cutting someone off because you're like, oh, maybe they could have done this, or maybe if I, if I approach them in this way, it will be different. Um, and I think um, not loving myself enough to say no more often is probably because of the damage that it's caused subsequently by just keep Mm. you know continuing to give people chances even when they don't want them you know like um is is something that i'm definitely guilty of and something that has caused me a lot more emotional trauma than would have been necessary so i can't even blame someone else in that scenario you know what i mean it's not like somebody kept doing something to me it's like no i kept inviting i have a tendency to invite um pain into my life for whatever reason because i want to give people a second chance or because i don't think myself worthy enough of a certain modicum of respect and like you know love and appreciation that's probably what it boils down to is that for some reason i'm not i don't think that i'm deserving of it or i'm just i i take the space of being somebody's beating stick as a sign of like me doing something for them because i they mean more than i do does that make sense uh this is getting deep guys shit i know i'm so happy it's ending (laughs) (laughs) okay so on a lighter note. Is this lighter? <laughs> um, okay. Oh, yeah, this is lighter. This is more positive. Okay. Set a goal for this year. Talk about how you're going to keep one each other accountable and what is your goal. So, does anyone actually have a goal for this year? I mean, cool, blimey, this year is the right off, but no, <laughs> I got help. Yeah, man. <laughs> we have any 2021 goals. <laughs> If we're even allowed out this year. <laughs> no, but seriously, does anyone have a goal for this year? Yeah, I do. It's still only March. <laughs> of course okay. I do, because you listened to the episode about New Year and me. I told you I would. where's <laughs> in? what's your goal? So mine's definitely to get onto the property ladder. Um, mm. And I think, like, this whole isolation thing is perfect for me, because I'm saving money. Um, 
but yeah, like when I went to uni at like 18 till like a year ago, I'd always be by myself. And then now I'm at my mm-hmm. grandparents' house, which is which is fine. It's just but but I'm used to have like my whole adulthood life has been very much like independent, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. when I was younger, I kind of had that like I think what it's last episode, but like, oh when I'm at this age I'll do that. When I'm at that age I'll do that. And that's gonna out of the window. It's not so much that anymore. But I just think because of I just think with, with like my plan for life in a more realistic work way, the house coming to be sorted this this year. I've done a lot of saving for it. So that's why I'm kind of, even though the isolation stuff sucks and a lot of negative stuff has come out of it, that's like my positive outlet on it because I've had to cancel, as you know, I love going on holiday and I've planned to go on a lot mm-hmm. of holidays like once a month. So all those holidays have now been cancelled <laughs> and all the money from it is going into my housing box. <laughs> 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 so like, yeah, that's, that's my goal. Mm. Lives. Um, My goal... Do you know what? I need to get healthier. Like honestly, I'm I'm yeah, it's a joke. And it's not even about losing weight. I just want to be healthier. Like I'm the kind of person I'll walk up a flight of stairs and I'll be out of breath. And I'll be like, okay, this is not <laughs> this is no way to live. Like <laughs> and I just need I think this what I've been doing in isolation that's really helped is like going for walks and doing like indoor workouts and it's definitely given me mm. more time to put my fitness first it's not that I'm like my diet is uh particularly terrible it's just I'm not very like fit yeah, yeah my diet's good it's just like I'm not very fit like if you told me to run for a bus I'll be like <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, and I'm just thinking okay realistically girl you're 25 you don't want to be you know in a wheelchair with like an air pump by the time you're 35 so mm. let's start working on this <laughs> let's get some well, shit in order <laughs> there's a lady called um sierra london yeah and she's doing this um like membership thing like 15 pounds a month and then you get like six training sessions a week but they're like recorded so you can like download it and do it new one so that might be a good starting point but she's rich yeah. she's wicked like no- on a normal non-isolation world She's fifteen pounds per like group class, but she does. She trains a lot of high-profile people. Like she is really, mm-hmm. really good. But then if it, but then if it's not so much about like goals and it's more just getting your fitness up, then you might, might not want to pay for it. But there's lots of stuff online. But there's a girl yeah. called um, Just Jean. If you probably heard of her, she's a good person to look at mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. to get like fitness stuff. And then there's also this girl called what's her name? It's called like tone something let me quickly tap it in on my phone mm, i can't find it have... i'll send it to you afterwards but there's, yeah. a girl, there's, there's like loads of people online doing lots of free stuff right now yeah and we can add all these names to the description of this episode if any of you guys want to get involved as well i'm sure a lot of people at home are using this time to also work on their fitness as well so yeah yeah, yes, yeah. let's do it leanne what's your it. goal baby um, fitness is definitely one of them. I think within the past, um, God, since last, I canceled my gym membership last year, October, and I haven't been to the gym since. And like you, <laughs> get very out of breath very easily, except when I'm motivated to do something. Um, wish we don't oh. get to the details of that. But, <laughs> But yeah, so fitness is definitely on the top of my, one of the things on the top of my agenda. And just kind of, uh, you know, after I graduated last year, I took a really long hiatus from writing, not just academically, but like personally as well. And so I think one of the things that I've been trying to do during this isolation period is get back into the routine of reading and writing. And a friend of mine said to do it slowly. So I'm taking my time and just trying to write something every single day. Um, mm-hmm. And then hopefully that will get me into the, into the group of, of producing actual stuff for other people to read. Cause I'm really, so it's funny. I, I, you spend four years of your life or of your education, getting your work constantly critiqued that now I'm in the space where, you know, I, I don't have to get critiqued, but, um I'm still quite scared to share my writing with other people it's really weird Mm. so I get proper panicky before I publish something or before I you know I write a blog or anything 
Um, and so, yeah, I'm trying to get break myself out of that kind of lacking in confidence in that area. But it's sort of to do with like imposter syndrome though as well, isn't it? Oh, massively imposter syndrome. Because I feel like I'm like, I've done like a degree in journalism. I've won an award from the National Council of Training of Journalism and I still don't write anymore because I still feel like I'm shit and he's going to read it. But, but it's literally me telling myself mm. that. It's not uh-huh. anybody else. Because when I've written articles and my friends have seen them or whatever, they've been like, oh, wow, this is sick. Why didn't I know you did it? So yeah. I, I think it is just setting yourself that challenge of maybe like, at the end of the year, because I had, I had this issue a lot last year, so I set myself a challenge that I'm going to write four things for that year, or mm. I'm going to pitch six ideas. No, 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 yeah, that was one of them. Another one was like, I'm going to pitch six ideas for that year. That's more like a journalism hat on. But maybe and you should try and set yourself a goal for that. The thing is, like, so what if it's shit? You know what I mean? Like, what's actually mm. the one thing that could happen is that it won't get picked up and less people will read it, which is the desired effect if you write something shitty. And if it's good, then more people read it and you'll be Mm. given the accolade that you need. So it is very much imposter syndrome. Like you're 100% right. Mm. It's interesting that you mentioned about also um, how, you know, taking a degree and, you know, your work being assessed has had an impact on your creativity, if you like, because Mm. it reminds me of... um, this interview I read with um, Stacey Mae Cooper, the actress who went to Raja, which is obviously one of the most pre- prestigious acting schools in the world. Um, and she said, you know, she hated it because one of their philosophies was, um, you know, we beat you down to bring you back up. And this idea of like constantly critiquing you because this is what the real world is going to be like. And actually it's like, when you are a creative person, that's not a good way of being, that people constantly critique you and constantly push you down so that you somehow improve. It's like that quote unquote tough love mm-hmm. um, attitude. Um, I feel like a lot of, you know, professors or industry people have that approach and it can really strip any creativity and any imagination from the work that you actually end up producing in the end because mm-hmm. you're so afraid of it going wrong. Like you're so afraid to try things. Definitely, that's true. In one word, how would you describe this conversation? Trauma. <laughs> Heavy. <laughs> I open in. I feel like I got to know you guys quite a bit better, which is nice. Like, and that's always the case anytime we walk away from the episode, but an episode recording, but there are definitely things that I found out that I didn't know before, which mm. is cool. Mm. And I think I it's would also say as well that like you know how you said the thing about um your toxic trait being your temper mm. and like us me and Liz both being like, like shocked and not being able to recognize that I think that's mm. quite like an analogy or something I'm all, like something that I'm battling a lot with because like sometimes I have the reverse where like I think I'm being a certain way but people are receiving it in a negative way do you get mm. what I mean? So yeah. like, I'm just, I'm just not speaking and people are like, she's in the mood. I'm not, I'm just not mm, speaking. Talking. Or like, so I, I have that same thing, but the opposite way. And I something like that with a lot. It's really, really frustrating. I just think it's interesting because hearing you say that and the me lives being shocked kind of normalises the experience that I'm dealing with. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, definitely. Definitely. Lives, what were you going to say? Sorry. Um, if I had to pick a word for this discussion, I would call it thought-provoking. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> for sure. So I'm going to have like a moment when we get off and be like, hmm. <laughs> Some moments of self-reflection. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. Um, don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. And keep in touch with us, especially during this very strange period. We'd love to hear from you. Um, not just about what you want to hear in the podcast, but how are you dealing? How are you coping? Um, what are your toxic traits? And anything in between. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at Within one And on Facebook, we are Within. We will be back with you next week. Until then, stay blessed and unapologetically black. All the way black. Blackly black. Black
Nan. <laughs> Nan. I'm just recording my podcast, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Let me make an announcement. This is my granddad's birthday. I don't want anyone to sing it or anything like that. I was going to say, I'm recording my podcast. So please don't shout my shadow or bumble class or things like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 